Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, this is Matt Leggetti, your favorite comic book yeti. Did you know that if enough people listen to this podcast, advertisers give us money? Money we can then use to, say, pay our journalists. It's wild. Totally unrelated, we make this podcast using Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Even Grant can do it, and he's a grandpa when it comes to technology. Love you, Grant. Let me fill you in on what some of us in the industry call reasons to believe. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more and they make it super easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor's totally free, which is great when you're, say, a comic book journalism website who lives on donations and boyish charm. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. And hey, I love you. You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, uh, thank you for tuning in again. Each time is a surprise. Uh, and today, I have someone that I'm very excited to talk to. Um, he's a triple threat. This guy is an artist, he's a musician, and he's got some of the best radio pipes I've heard that hasn't been on the radio uh, this is Mr. Don Cardenas. Hi, Don. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Uh, that's that's quite the intro. I, growing up, I never would have expected anyone to say anything like that regarding my voice. <laughs> um, so it, it is a nice compliment here, even though I kind of believe you're you're lying to me for some reason. Well, t- I take my take my opinion with a grain of salt because I've sounded like this since middle school. <laughs> I think what's helped me out is having a little bit of sound know-how and kind of finding the right equipment that suits my lower mid EQ level voice from sounding too nasally, (laughs) even though I can't avoid it, but yeah. Would you say that's a byproduct of being a musician? Uh, 1000% good, sir. (laughs) Well, Don, I just want to know, where'd you grow up? 
I grew up in the north side of good old Chicago, Illinois. Really? Yes. I, I lived there ooh, till about 2002. I'm 38, so I've, I've, yeah, I've lived there for about 20 some odd years of my life. So yeah, born and raised in Chicago, Chicago public schools. Is Anyone who's spoken to me for more than five minutes will realize that's where my education is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it's like this with, you know, like New York has the boroughs and stuff like that. And Chicago has North side, South side, West side, you know, whatever, Rogers Park, whatever you want to call it. And technically my area, what was it called? <laughs> this is where you can make up something and I'd be like, Oh really? Wow. Riverview, uh, Riverview, Riverview. Because at the end of my house, uh, another block uh, that I lived on was literally the Chicago river. Oh, no so, kidding. Yeah. It was, it was covered by, a boatyard that, or no, uh, sorry, uh, like a luxury, like limousine style car, like garage that was abandoned for a while and then like burned down one year. And then they made it all into townhomes and, and all that and, and all that. But so in order to like get to the river, we would have to like go through this abandoned <laughs> building or, or cut around the boatyard that was behind our houses and stuff like that and get in trouble. And, and then see the insurance people burning the the building down so they could build. Yes, yes. Uh, I think I think the official story was some homeless folk who were uh, camping there started a fire and you know didn't tame it. I've heard other stories <laughs> about uh, reckless teens. Who knows? All I know is that uh, there's some really shaky cam- camcorder footage in my parents' house of it burning down. <laughs> and once that burned down, it was just like this rubble pit for years. So we would just like. Just walk across the giant rubble pit to go down to the little uh, edge by the river and just, you know, not even do anything, like, wrong. We would just, like, sit there and, like, eat candy (laughs) and talk shit, throw rocks. And did you have a big family growing up? I'm the youngest of five boys, but... Uh, You're a baby. I'm the youngest, but I'm not the baby. Yeah, uh, it's... My two oldest brothers are technically my Mm half-brothers. Uh, my mother, their father, and my mother's husband, he passed away in a fire. Oh, gosh. Um, so then a few years after that, she met my dad. She's like, I got to get a piece of that Mexican right now, you know, <laughs> and just get all up in there. Uh, and then that, you know, my other two brothers. So my next brother older than me is, I think we're like less than 400 days apart. We're Irish twins. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, so it was mostly my two older brothers with me growing up because by the time I was born, my two oldest brothers were, you know, well into their teens, early 20s, you know, you know, living their life <laughs> that way. <laughs> and when did you start getting into the arts? Because we've alluded to it before, you're a musician in addition to being uh, an artist. So when did that, that bu- those bugs hit you? Well, the art bug was, you know, it's the same old story. Like as far as I can remember, I was always drawing. Mm-hmm. You know, I had like little milestones here and there where uh, I would realize, like, oh, I'm I might be the best artist in my classroom, which you know all of us were at one point. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you then you move into another classroom and you're like, oh, I'm like the second or third at best, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like I was the first one to draw the Ninja Turtles. And then I was the first one to draw the Ninja Turtles on their, you know, in, in a profile shot that wasn't just the back. You know, I remember one time I, would, I remember the strong I was so damn proud of. I don't know what the hell happened to it, but it was it was all the turtles, 
Two of them were profile shot, two of them were backside, and it was a building, but the building was in perspective, which I'm sure was wonky as shit. But it was like first time like doing perspective and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, this is this is fucking killer. <laughs> and then like everyone in your classroom was just losing their minds. No one gave a shit. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, this is peons. This is this is the you know late eighties, early nineties, you know. Uh so while the comic book industry was booming big time it's you know for kids my age and all that it really wasn't like the drawing thing wasn't the uh, wasn't being cool you know it was uh lo- who had the who had the latest uh, jordans oh <laughs> uh, starter jackets jenko mm-hmm. uh, cross colors you know you, you know you know the deal <laughs> <laughs> that's the stuff that that uh drew the attention from me, which i was fine with i was happy keeping to myself but i'd always drawn and uh, when it was time to go to high school, I went to this high school called Lane Tech, and it is the, I think it still is the largest high school I think in the surrounding area, like state-wise and all that. Just four thousand students. Oh my gosh! You know, it was it typically regarded as like, oh, it's you know for smarter kids because you had to like pass a certain test to get in and all that. But knowing a lot of the students and knowing myself, like. It's not really smart kids. <laughs> Granted, there were some really smart kids there. Kids who got like perfect ACT scores and stuff like that. But, you know, it was, it drew me because you could choose a major, so to speak. Really? So you could go into commercial arts. You could go into, I believe it was uh, like the trade stuff, like woodworking and stuff like that. There was like different paths you could take for learning. So I did that. And first two years of art in high school, sucked all the joy out of drawing for me i was already struggling with it to to begin with but the art teacher we had was kind of a very hippie dippy lady and she was so checked out at that point that basically every assignment was like a free assignment like do what you want to do do what you and like we weren't really learning anything so unless you were really self-motivated to start like going into some of the texts and stuff like that and learning things like you were you were just kind of stagnating and then in junior year, they completely revamped the art department, got some newer, younger teachers in. And I remember the teacher saw all the juniors work and he's like, you guys don't know how to do half of this stuff. What's going on? He's like, my five-year-old can do this. What do you, why can't you guys, how aren't you guys doing this, these things? And we're like, well, one, you're a dick. And two, <laughs> like they didn't teach us. Once he realized like how badly, like she did not teach us and, and, and how ingrained that was. Uh, he he chilled out of it, but yeah, it was that kind of sparked a lot more of my painting interest, and I got into photography a lot because photography was one of the electives I could take. Oh, wow. so I ended up I ended up taking that two years in a row. So I was really into black and white photography and and doing all that, and I really trying to drift it away from art. And around my junior year, that's when I started playing bass, and kind of uh, yeah, just kind of just drifting away from drawing in, in general. I was kind of hoping you were gonna say that's when I ended up in the ska band. <laughs> no <laughs> i was funnily enough i was in in what's the, i want to say more 2001 to 2002 or three i was in kind of a not a ska band not there's no Damn. horns it was a band called the late nights and it was named after the conan o'brien's band the late night oh that's really uh, cool and the the songs were very like we covered chuck berry but also like the Ramones, but also a lot of it was a lot of the, a lot of more like rock, like old school rock and roll, but kind of punky almost vibes something here and there. 
and I remember like the the outfit we were supposed to wear was a, a white shirt, black tie. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> I wore a short sleeve open button shirt and like a black tank top under or whatever. I had a chain for my guitar strap, for my bass strap. I did not fit in whatsoever, nor did I make much effort to fit in. So after a while, I, it was mutually decided that like, I was already like wanting to like restart a heavy metal band with my buddy. And he was like, and the, the, the main guy of the other band was like, yeah, you know, I think we're gonna go a different way to bassist. And my friend really is, you know, needs a band and he's, he's, he's like my best friend. And I, you know, kind of feel, I'm like, don't worry about it. That's fine. <laughs> and then later on, I find out that that guy, he goes by Adam Bones now. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's a fairly successful musician in LA. Uh, but he knows a buddy of mine, Dave Jordan, who I met through comics. Oh, that's so, wild. Because he just posted, like, I think he just posted, like, a picture of them two one day. And I'm like, how, what, what? How do you two know <laughs> each other? And it was just one of those things, like, it's so crazy. But yeah, you know, rewinding it back. Yeah, I got really into photography and all that. And as my interest in comics kind of waned in those years, around 98, 99, my interest in music and photography is what kind of took over that. Do you still do photography? I, I'd like to. What really happened with that is I ended up going to uh, Columbia College in Chicago for one semester for photography, where I learned that I don't want to go into photography. Oh, gosh. Like, I really enjoyed doing it, but the all the business stuff or, like, you know, studio lighting and doing all those things, like, I realized, like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I want to just go out and shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. And while I realized that's a path I could have taken, like, it wasn't calling to me as much as it needed to to pay that tuition (laughs) oh yeah gosh and additionally um i had this old beat up really crappy like ryko you know film camera and it was like base level as as basic as you can get but i loved it i knew exactly how that thing worked i knew where i could push it like you know and then one day i'm like well it's time for me to upgrade so i go and i get one that has like more it's not digital yet but it's got digital features like menus and stuff like that. And but it's still a film camera. And the learning curve was, was like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I was like missing shots I wanted to take and I, I just couldn't get comfortable with it. So that really kind of messed with me in, in my interest in it. Um, so I kind of set that aside and I, I flirted with it back and forth since then. I've got, I've got a decent little digital camera. And of course, everyone's got a pretty great camera in their pockets now. So, you know, occasionally I like taking stuff like that. But yeah, I've, it, it's one of those things where I think I just liked the the tactile nature of the film and oh, like yeah. going and developing the film and just kind of spending that time with it. And then, you know, getting the negatives, looking through the negatives and then picking them out, doing the test prints, putting them in through the different... Uh, chemicals and, and letting everything you know expose and seal and just kind of see where things go and where to make your tweaks and stuff like that i i think like that's what really appealed to me was just that kind of hands-on and while it's fun to just like fuck with a picture in photoshop or whatever or you know in the phone setting menus it's not the same now do you work digital or traditional for your comic art i was pretty much all traditional up until the pandemic okay and then I had some money saved up, and we also, you know, everyone kind of got the stimmies, and I was in a very, <laughs> I was in a very fortunate position for that first one. Uh, that, like, well, you know, we're 
we didn't need it to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. You know, everything still seemed relatively steady for us. So I talked to my wife. I'm like, well, maybe we just kind of treat ourselves with something for this. So I went and I got the the 12-inch uh, iPad Pro. And when I got that, I'm like, well, I need to learn to get comfortable using this thing. So I put out a couple tweets saying, hey, independent writers, we're all kind of wondering what to do right now. Like, I'm looking to get some short stories under my belt. Here, uh, here's a $50 page rate for myself, up to six pages. Let's go. Like, you know, who, who wants, who wants in? And then I had, immediately I had Brent Harshman. Uh, we did a fun story together, which he hasn't released yet, but uh, I hope he does. That was, that was a fun one to draw. And then I met my <laughs> still current um, and probably most frequent collaborator in a long time, uh, Philip Buhorn. Oh, yeah. You know, he came to me with this. He's like, dude, uh, I got this job. It, it's it's a rush job. I had to do like six, for like most people, six pages in a week or so is tough. But I don't do this full time. Like, you know, I have kids and, you know, I'm mainly stay at home dad. I have a part time gig. I do it from home. Mm-hmm. So my art time is either early in the morning and late at night. You know, getting six pages done in a week is like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And was it maybe it was like 10 days or something like that but still even that it was just like a heady thing but i'm like well fuck it let's try it so we go and we you know we do it i'm mostly happy with it for it being fast and all that and then you know things just kind of subside for a while and then you know philip kept coming back he's like hey i got this story you want you want to do this and then over the winter he's like hey i i need someone to ink and color this so I was like, oh, I got the ink and color story by Kurt Belcher, who's a great artist. And oh, right on. That, that was really fun. And then I got the color, like a more manga-influenced art style. And I was like, oh, that was really fun. So, and then picked right back up into, you know, a few more short stories and, and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I have to finish up one more for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have like three pages of colors left that I'll probably take the weekend off and finish up since I've still got time in the deadline. And in between there, I've done some uh, fun stories with uh, Dalton Deshaun or Deshane. I, I don't want to. Is that the his best name. part about working with online collaborators? Is you're like, yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name. Yeah, and he's he's an amazing musician himself. He has a really fantastic album called the Dalton Deshane and the I want to say and the Traveling Sideshow, I think, or the, and the Traveling Show. And they just put out an album that's really kind of if you're into kind of like that franz ferdinand kind of groovy stompy mm-hmm. but kind of like can throw you some curveballs here and there that's some really fun stuff to listen to but he had this really fun thing where he kind of like has this ongoing patreon series about like an e- like an outwardly evil google <laughs> <laughs> so i got to do a fun story that was related to music with that one i'm sure i'm forgetting something somewhere but yeah but i just do my both feet right into digital to get comfortable with it and now that's my primary thing though i'm gearing up to do a larger project with steve bryant from athena voltaire and the catch you know it's he's been a buddy for a long long time and we finally found something that we both can jam on together and i'm trying to decide whether i want to do it digitally or if i want to do it traditionally because hearing you talk so passionately about film itself that made me think like i can't imagine you not doing traditional Oh, I absolutely love traditional, but I cannot ignore the convenience of digital. Yeah, absolutely. 
I can sit in my car while my daughter's, you know, at, at like a tutor session or something and ink some pages or color or something. Can't really do that traditionally. In terms of traditional, I do love, I, for the same reason I love the film, I love the tactile nature of it. Mm-hmm. I love hearing, I like using nibs. I like hearing the little scritch on there. I love just, you know, moving the paper around and kind of just like getting my fingers dirty with, you know, splatter and and stuff like that. But I have to, the thing I always struggle with is like, I have to get it done versus get it done the way, you know, is most, uh, I guess, mentally appealing. Right. <laughs> kind of like a workout or something like you, you got to get it done. You may not feel like you got to do it this once you've done it, you're glad you did it and, and it's done. Uh, I hate that that's such a good analogy because I hate working out. So I'm curious how you got back into comics. Well, um, somewhere around 2000, I want to say around 2004, 2005, because um, I stopped literally drawing unless I had to for an assignment in like 98. And then I didn't, once I graduated high school in 2000, I didn't draw at all. So for about, it was like a 10 year gap where I wasn't really drawing. So I started like, you know, kind of had one of those like quarter life crisis moments <laughs> <laughs> where I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing. Cause I was, I was in a, a, a stable job and all that. But I was just trying to like, what do I want to do? You know, mm-hmm. you know, the band I was in was kind of uh, petering out and I didn't exactly want to go down that road. Like I love playing music and I like playing it live. I don't want to be like in a touring band or anything though. That just mm-hmm. seems like, no, thank you. I will happily be the 50 year old guy in a bar band, you know, a couple times a year, you know, jamming out or whatever, and just being happy with that. But uh, so I'm like, I, I don't know. So then, then, you know, this Amazon thing <laughs> was really convenient. So I'm like, oh, well, let me, let me go. And actually, a friend of mine was like, hey, have you heard this thing called Wikipedia? <laughs> and I'm like, no, what is that? And you know, again, this is like 2004, 2005. Oh yeah. So He's like, he's like, yeah, you can like look up like all this. People have put down what happened in comics and stuff. Like that. Oh, so I started like reading all these Wikipedia articles about what happened in comics. So I'm reading about like House of M and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I want to read this. So then I go and I go to Amazon. I order a few books and I'm like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. You know, I'm kind of marveling at how tight and like impressive the art is now. Not that it wasn't in the 90s and all that, but like it's a different level now. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Especially with digital colors. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like looking at Olivier Coipel, <laughs> you're uh. like, like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the book that did it for me though was We Three. Oh my gosh, by Morrison Quitely. Yes, it is Ooh. hands down. At any given moment, it will be my number one book of all time. That book, kind of, you know, Quitely on that book really, just, it just kind of blew my mind quite a bit with like, oh this is what comics can do. You know, all the panels, all the, you know, that just making these three animal characters. So giving them so much character and, and just putting so much behind it. And, you know, I'll correct to Morrison as well, but just, you know, quietly art, just, you know, and just contrasting with like the pastel colors of the animal, just, yeah, it's like, I can read that book and the part where two comes to save one from the big dog every time it's like it still gives me goosebumps you know you know she talking to work as a team like it just that that whole scene like i'm like oh like not everything has to be a movie but i want that to be a movie so fucking bad and i want it to be so good 
Gosh, I can't even I think imagine like how that would function. It would, I mean, I think you know effects are at the point like if if they get someone who can do it, you know, who can keep the heart of the book and not just be like, oh, house animals can kill. This is funny and cool. Like, no, you got to keep it kind of you know, I don't know because even when the evil giant, uh, what kind of dog was that? Mastiff. The mastiff. But even when that dog gets destructed, it's still sad. Yeah. Because you're, you're just like, cause that dog didn't want to be the giant weapon and stuff. My voice sounds like it's cracking. It's just the end of the night. I'm, I'm not getting ready to cry. At least not yet. No, I think you are. This is a very <laughs> good emotional part of the book. Well, that, that that's, you know, it, it might be partial to those things you said to me before we started recording. They're, they're kind of harsh, man. And <laughs> I, I don't know why you just opened our conversation with that. Well, you know what? I, I like to lead with swearing and castigating all the guests. I, I guess it's getting you the good stuff. <laughs> and I'm really curious as to, uh, I've been asking this a lot, and I think I know the answer with you. When you are creating, do you sit in stone cold silence like a psychopath? Or do you have music or some kind of media going on? There is always some type of media on. Um, recently, this, recently this past year, I was finally um, I was finally aware of and got diagnosed for ADHD. Really? So, you know, it, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I look back at my life a lot and it's like that end of the movie montage moment where it's like all the pieces are coming together. Mm-hmm. You know, like the world's, you know, shittiest uh, mystery film. And it's like, oh, that's why I did all that crap. That's why I, <laughs> I like this. That's why I couldn't do this, you know. So once that, you know, I kind of understood that. But yeah, you know, and part of it for me is like there's always, I always got to have kind of something else happening. Uh, even though I'm doing dishes, I have an earpiece in and I've got like a YouTube video going on or something. Mm-hmm. Mainly when I'm working, it's a good mix. Sometimes it's music. I would say if I've recently found a YouTube channel I like and I haven't read it before, uh, listened to it before or, or watched it before, I'll do. I'll just like watch all the videos and, and have that be my little fixation for the moment. Uh, or if it's a show or something like that. Cobra Kai. <laughs> you know, I was really into that show for a while or working to it and all that and then uh I, I i'm trying to do less video stuff that i'm not familiar with mm-hmm. just because i don't want to keep drawing my my attention away from the screen right so i also listen to a lot of like guitar youtube stuff podcasts i used to listen to a lot but i kind of save that for if i'm like going shopping or if i'm out driving or something like oh, yeah. that and a lot of podcasts i listen to are pretty safe for the kids to listen to as well when they when they'll tolerate me not having on story bots or uh, <laughs> songs through the radio you know i can i can listen like office ladies or something like that or mm-hmm. uh, i haven't i haven't tried this cop this podcast just yet but we'll see uh, there's some <laughs> swearing going on i yeah. would not there's a couple of times where like i'll like my show will pop on and it'll be me and my my, my daughter will be like, no daddy. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> she, you just pull over and be like, well. Yeah. Guess who's walking home? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, there's, there's usually something. I With my podcast, Comics Coffee Metal, I try to recommend a, a new album every week. And since I tried to start doing that, I've been having to listen to a lot of new music and it's been really great 
because I've discovered quite a few bands that I would not normally have tried or given a, a fair shake to. But it's also really exhausting. Oh, yeah. When, so, you know, I don't know when this particular episode is going to post, but I'm finishing off my year with weekly episodes. And then beginning next year, I'm going back to biweekly just because it's just easier to handle all that. And uh, it's easier to find like time to like within two weeks to listen to an album or check some albums out and recommend it and all that. And uh, I've, I've considered dropping that aspect of it because I don't know if anyone really gets anything out of it, but a few people have commented that they do. You're raising your hand. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'm like, okay, it's worth it then, you know? And it's also worth it for me. Like I said, I've there's this band called Wage War that I normally would not have checked out because I thought like they're not my style or whatever. But I checked out their latest album, Manic, and it's like, becoming one of like my favorite albums of the year so far oh right on. you know it's really yeah it, it really made it like instantly made its way into like my workout playlist and stuff like that and just it does all the things that i'm such a sucker for musically mm-hmm. <laughs> just like the different um i guess you can call them tropes or just like okay, now we're gonna go into a halftime beat here and then this then we're gonna drop everything and do like a you know old-timey radio guitar thing here as, before we come in with this big breakdown thing and i'm like yes fuck it give it to me like, <laughs> you know, like i don't care if every song is like this this is what i want you know you know this this is what i want um or there's a band called crypta which is like an all-female death metal band really and i'm not really i was not really really into death metal but i heard about this band because they're kind of a pedigree from some other metal bands and I listened to it, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, really, really great stuff. And that's, like, also, like, in contender for, like, my favorite album of the year, which I would not have expected. You know, especially in a year where my favorite, one of my favorite bands, of the, you know, Gojira, released a really great album as well. It, it, it's, so, yeah, getting back to that, it's benefited me a lot just kind of doing that. So I try to do that when I'm working, but sometimes that can be distracting as well. Right. Because I'm trying to find something interesting about this album or this music before I want to like talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I try to do a lot of. Uh, it, it's hard to be passive with it when I'm drawing because my my critical brain is running deep when I'm when I'm drawing. So I'm constantly like thinking too much about it. So listening to like music and stuff while you're driving and all that that's passive listening and you're like you're not paying attention to every single detail but your brain is just kind of absorbing it in mm-hmm. one of my uh the one of the few things i will say i like about rob zombie is that he had this quote about when he would write music he would take all the demos whatever he'd put it in his car and he'd just drive around listening to them and since he's driving and focusing on driving and stuff his brain will start like oh wait you know, his brain will start working differently and think like, well, maybe we should add something here. Maybe we should add something here. And usually it's probably just like, oh, we should add an old movie sample here or something or or whatever. But it was it was such like a, a novel idea to me where it's like, oh, really introducing that idea of this kind of like the passive listening and, and all that. So, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I listen to stuff when I drum. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we just ran right around the track a couple times. Yeah. Be fair. So yeah. then I, uh, I'm, I'm curious about something. Shoot. Let's say that you got an invitation to eat at the Forbidden Restaurant. Okay. You go to this place, 
They take you to a nice corner booth. It's a single-person mm-hmm. booth. And they assure you that no one will ever know what you eat here. What's the weirdest thing that you would ask to try? Shit. Mm, that's a good one. I, I wouldn't want to. I, would, I wouldn't want to say like human, because. Don, why did you do that big old tiny wink at me just then? <laughs> Come on, be cool, man. <laughs> I wouldn't want to say human, <laughs> just in case I develop a taste for it, and then it's like. <laughs> Is this a one-time in only invite to this forbidden restaurant? Because then I'm kind of fucked, you know. Then I'm, you know, strolling the street for homeless people or whatever, and wondering if they're gonna taste good with some A1 or you know, just on their own. Like, so I, we'll, I, we'll I, put I, the caveat: no human meat. Then I guess. I, I, I well, I'm taking that off the table for myself. You know, <laughs> not that that's not an option. I'm just saying, like, I probably would not do that. I don't know. I, you know what? Maybe just like. Maybe bald eagle or something. I don't know. <laughs> some hot wings. Some bald eagle hot wings. Can you imagine how big a, a bald it's, eagle drummy would be? That's a whole lot of francs right there. Like, you oh just got to bounce that sucker. And with some nice blue cheese. Yeah. I, I think some bald eagle hot wings. Not because I don't think they're not majestic, beautiful creatures, but just be kind. It's because it's also kind of like a it's kind of like a fuck you to patriotism, I guess. <laughs> I hey, know. it's. It's your booth at the Forbidden Restaurant. Yes, yes. So that, there is my answer. There is my answer. And guess what time it is? Uh oh. <laughs> it is time for our James Lipton questions. Okay, here we go. I've listened. I've had the. I've had the opportunity to listen to all the episodes of this show so far, as of late November. So I'm. I know what's coming, but yet I. <laughs> I thought I had answers, but now that we're here. <laughs> I don't, know, man. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. So number one, what is your favorite sequential art sound effect? Oh, this one I really like. At the minute you asked that on your very first episode, I audibly said, "Fuck!" Like, what would that be? There's so many awesome ones to do. And then I just had to go back, and I left myself open to changes at the last minute. But I think I'm gonna stick with this. It's however you want to pronounce it, but snicked or snicked Wolverine. Oh, oh, absolutely. That's a great answer. It is my absolute favorite because I come from the generation where I think the last generation where Wolverine was still this man of mystery. Mm-hmm. He was he was still being you know overexposed, but we were there for the overexposure, not after it. Absolutely. So he was still one hundred percent entirely my shit. Mm-hmm. Um and what I like about that sound effect is in the right story, in the right movement, in the right mood, seeing that sound effect can be like the biggest aw shit moment you can possibly have. You know, or it could just be like, you know, it could be it could tell so much about what, the, what what's going on, like whether he does it, you know, he pops it to kind of like give someone a warning mm-hmm. or, or what have you. And so I think that's that's my favorite because it can still I think it can just mean so many things for such as for just one action happening. Oh yeah, it's super contextual. See, I'm also in that that uh, that stage with Wolverine fandom where it's like Larry Hama, Mark Silvestri, just put it right 1, in my face. One thousand percent. Yep. This, this and like you could just have that word on a black panel, and you're like, whoa. No, 
in Old Man Logan, they tried to do that, but it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. When they when they did it, I saw what they're going for. I, you all knew what was going to happen. But you know, just just the idea though that you know Mark Millar had that that's the moment everyone's waiting for is that double page spread of of that sound effect. I still think that can be incredibly effective today. Absolutely. With be it Logan, be it Laura, be it Honey Badger, like <laughs> whomever. Now, number two, what is something about the medium of sequential art that you love? Oh, I had like three different answers for this one. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the one that's first in my brain that I'll probably end up rambling too much about because I haven't rambled enough on this show. <laughs> my favorite thing about the sequential about sequential art is that not that it is capable of anything it's that it's not but we just haven't found it yet we haven't found the end of it yet Ooh, no that's dope because you know i don't want to say oh you can do absolutely anything in comics there's nothing there are limits to the medium but as i think most creative people tell you as much as limits can suck they can also make you better mm-hmm. they can also force you to be more creative and I firmly believe sequential art has a limit, but we we haven't touched it yet. We haven't reached the point where it's like, we've done all we can with this, you know, even on paper, you know, digitally people are doing stuff with like infinite landscapes and stuff like that. And like 3D moving in and out and all stuff like that. But even on paper, I still feel, you know, someone will come along and blow someone, all our minds like quietly blew my mind back in 2004, 2005. So, yeah, that's my favorite thing about sequential art. On the other side of the coin, for number three, what's your least favorite thing about sequential art? This, this answer has been said before, but I, I think it bears repeating. It takes so much fucking time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes so much time for so little payoff in terms of reader investment. So much so that when people point out people using shortcuts and things like that, you know, I used to be one of those people who were like, oh, these, look at those, you know, SketchUp models there and, and this there and that. And it's like, it gets to a point, though, where it's like, well, w- what do you want, man? Like, these people, you, know, you can't have someone slave for, you know, two months drawing a comic you're going to blow through in five minutes and say, oh, it was okay. You know, like, it, it's still a commercial medium. Mm-hmm. You know? Granted, there's art, there's comic books out there that, you know, are fully born of someone's passion and it may be a commercial medium, but it is all 100% art and like Mm -hmm. no one cares if it sells or whatever. But for the most part, we're all trying to sell books. We all want people to read what we're doing. So there's an aspect of commercialism there that we kind of have to, you know, I think as, as, as artists, we tend to accept, be it using reference, using aids to help us out you know sketch up or you know even you know i've seen people complain about people using perspective grids in clip studio oh and And it's like come on man (laughs) like not everyone's gonna have like that 900 hundred dollar tool daniel warren johnson has that has like the 10 point grid that you can make i don't know if it's 900 it's expensive (laughs) Um, it's really cool it's like a like the world's coolest little fan thing but it's like not all of us have that you know, and so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a time. Like, 
and also we all have so many stories in us we want to tell you know we have you know i have stories i i'm dying to draw but i also want to draw other people's stories and work mm -hmm. with them on that and you know time is time is extremely limited and it's you know each passing year it kind of feels like you have to accept the fact that you're not going to get to the story like ever unless you do do it now or like put off this other thing so it's that compromise maybe maybe i'll find it the compromise of time <laughs> yeah uh for for comics is my least favorite thing but personally mentally creatively it's it's worth it but it's still something i don't like <laughs> yeah no that totally makes sense number four what is your favorite curse word that's not actually a curse word shazbot 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 i don't know if anyone else says it i'm sure someone else does but it's just kind of something i started saying when i was trying to curb my swearing around my kids and it works a lot for a lot you know a lot of different things and all that because i have let some other words slip and they have been repeated <laughs> yeah nothing too bad nothing too bad but definitely um uh definitely words i'm like oh I'm okay. i can't say that anymore <laughs> <laughs> so shazbot is kind of come my placeholder for like you know i stub my toe ah shazbot like you know this just yeah it, it it's stupid it's ridiculous but i it, it is my favorite one to use and i got some bad news for you oh no you were traipsing around uh, some old shipyards in Chicago, just having the time of your life. And this the... sounds great. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, these youths came out of nowhere and the let youths? a fire get out of control. These oh, youths. No. Oh man! And the place the burned down with you in it. So now, now you're dead, man. I'm sorry. Uh, bummer. And let's say that you go to heaven. And let's say that you're about to enter the pearly gates when you're greeted by none other than Jacob Kurtzberg, a.k.a. Jack Kirby himself. What do you hope he says to you? Now, do you want my sentimental sentimental dad question or answer? Or do you want my nerdy answer? Or do you want both? Both. The first thing I want to hear is Jack to look me dead in the eye and say, they'll be okay, kid. Aww. It's going to be a while. Let's go draw some comics. There you go. I'm such a fucking sap. <laughs> you know, oh, they'll be okay? Okay. Is it Sam up here? <laughs> is, is, is that Kubrick? Can we kind of, can I go watch him ink a little bit? <laughs> uh, no, kid, you got to do my backgrounds for 40 years. I'm like, oh, oh right. like, hey, that shit. <laughs> hey, Jack, look at this this grid that you can use in the background. It's like, ah! <laughs> Uh, fuck grids. Who's <laughs> got time for that? <laughs> I like to think that's what he'll say. Yeah. Fuck grids. <laughs> oh, dude, thank you so much for hopping on. And where can folks find you on the social? Uh, you can find me at, at Don Cardenas Art, both on Twitter and Instagram. You can find my podcast, Comics Coffee Metal, at comicscoffeemetal.com or just search, <laughs> search that in any of your pod players. Uh, it should pop right up. Uh, I also have a Twitter handle for the show at CMX Coffee Metal because uh, Comics Coffee Metal is way too long. But that's just kind of where I just dump all the show links and stuff like that and occasionally favorite my friend's stuff when I forget to switch accounts. <laughs> but yeah, at Don Cardenas Art, just Google that. You know, I, I deactivated my Facebook uh, because 
we should. <laughs> yeah. And uh, or just doncardinasarts.com. And I'm I'm very biased when I say this, but your show and the Word Bros are probably the only podcasts that I actively seek out weekly or bi-weekly if the case may be. Uh, so I very much recommend uh, listening to Comics Coffee Metal. And then if you want to be super cool, buy a patch. Yeah. I have patches, stickers, uh, sketchbooks, and I'm trying to work on some other fun stuff to put up on the store. But, you know, it, it's, you know, I'd, I'd rather focus on making the comics and making the merch. Yeah. And I will take this opportunity to say, like, I have been really enjoying Into the Comics Cave. Oh, thank you. It is rapidly on one of my one of my shows. I Whatever I'm doing, when it's my time to listen to something and I have a new one, that goes there. So... I, I look forward to all the new episodes. I look forward to skipping my own episode because I hear my voice <laughs> more than enough. I'm lying. I'm totally going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, and yeah, and I hope to have you on my show in the next year so we can we can talk about some awesome stuff like your awesome comic work and what you've been listening to and what you've been drinking. Good, sir. God damn it. Going uh... to Gullet right here. That you can easily edit out. <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, well, we'll close up shop right there. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now